Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the Dubbing Art 316. It's AEW Full Gear 2020. And today I have the pleasure to say that I am joined again by the ultimate one. How you doing, man? You're right. I'm good, buddy. Um, back in here, you know, talking to my friend here from across the pond, you know. <laughs> so, you know, straight from New York City, you know. How's everything with you, man? Uh, well, we're in another lockdown uh, in England at this moment in time, so things uh, have kind of gone back to the way they were. We oh, thought, I didn't know that. Yeah, we thought we were out of it, and we've gone back in, hopefully to come out by Christmas. Um, but luckily, I mean, there's so much wrestling to watch, and with AEW, uh, to be able to stay up and watch it, you know, it's it's a little bit of joy in an otherwise kind of, well, 2020's not been great, has it, you know? No, not at all. I mean, um, I mean, we're fortunate to have some of the the uh, promotions open, and you know, we get to talk some wrestling. You know, so, you know, uh, and I think these uh, this pay per view that we had this past Saturday, um, you know, it, it was decent. It wasn't that bad, except one match. But we'll talk about it as we go through all this all this card. Yeah. Without a doubt, and of course, the last time you joined us was for AEW uh, Double or Nothing. What are your thoughts? No, no, it was uh, All Out. Was it All Out? Oh, there we yeah, go. Yeah, it was then. All Out, yeah. That's how long it's been. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on AEW since then? Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's All Out, yeah. So, it's, uh, you know, and I mean, the car was much better than uh, um, than they had All Out. I mean, the all I wasn't that bad. It was just all the, you know, Matt Hardy getting hurt, uh, and then you know, people falling off the top rope. You know, so this was a little decent, um, and, and it was worth watching. So, um, you know, especially that how they started to buy it. Yeah, you know, I love the way they did this. It wasn't like all out when they had a woman's match and they were fighting inside a dancing hall. You know, so. Um, so the first match, I think, uh, was it the NWA Women's Title match? Yeah, well, let's begin then. So it's November 7th, 2020, and it's AEW Full Gear. And like I said, it's a buy-in. Uh, the match one, how we got here, well, Serena D had recently beaten Thunder Rosa for the NWA t- Championship. Does the relationship with NWA help AEW or vice versa, do you reckon? I think it, it does help for the simple reason, I mean... Right now, NWA doesn't have a uh, a show going on like they used to have NWA Power. They are more working with United Primetime Wrestling. Oh, that's a that's a new stuff that they're doing with David Marquez. So um, they working with that. So with them using uh, um, AEW, especially the women's division, it helps NWA in a way, but it helps more AEW. AEW um, has more to gain out of this because now you bring it in. Women like Serena Deeves, Thunder Rosa, Allison uh, K. So that helps the division a little bit because if you look at the NWA women's division, it may not be as big as um, what a lot of more female roster than AEW, but they're stronger. I would have to. I think it helps the neighborhood. Yeah, so, you know, um, it's, you know, at at that match, the the beginning of that match was, uh, I mean, it, it was like, it felt like NWA match. Because it wasn't, it didn't even feel like AEW. I think we're out, and we saw, like I said, Allison K making a debut inside uh, AEW, and we saw sportsman like chain wrestling started before K showed some aggression, to which Deeb answered with a net breaker in the ropes. K delivered an AK 47 finisher, but Deeb smart 
the floor avoiding defeat. The champion recovered and delivered a dragon screw leg rip in the rope. She applied the serenity lock. I mean, think Conan is to key the sunrise for the submission win. After the match, Thunder Rose returned and came face to face for the women who defeated her for the goal. So what are your thoughts on that match? Oh, that match was, it was good. I mean, that's the way I feel the AEW women's division should be. Instead of um, a lot of these females that they have there, when they're wrestling, they look at, like, their chemistry, it, it's like their chemistry is not there, you know, when it comes to um, AEW women's division. Now, these two ladies from the NWA, um, Allison Kay, of course, she was a former NWA champion uh, back, I think, in 2017 when she won the title in a tournament. Serena Deves, we know that, you know, her, she'd been wrestling um, in AEW, was part of the uh, NXT, I uh, think she was a trainer back then. Uh, but Serena Deves has really pretty much has, um, I'm very, very, um, I like, you know, I enjoy her wrestling. She's pretty good. I mean, these two ladies show chain wrestling. And, and if you see how they wrestle, um, I think um, in that match, Serena worked on, uh, Kay's leg um, for most of the match, she did that dragon screwed um, uh, leg whip on the ropes. Um, you know, and this match was pretty good. I, I like the way the like we we I mean, me and you, we've seen a lot of buy-ins from AEW, but this was a great way to start the show. Yeah, I think without a doubt, and of course, like I said, D part of the uh, Straight Edge Society. Uh, she won the title eleven days ago. Uh, I did enjoy, the, like I said, the submission attempts and reversals. And I think Serena, uh, with more matches in AEW, will get more comfortable in that way. But there's no doubt she's a, a great um, athlete. And it is great to see Thunder Rosa back because we weren't sure if she was going to go WWE, maybe stay with AEW or NWA. And it looks like she's here. I think it's a great position for her. Yeah, um, she has. I think she still has one year left at NWA. But here's an interesting part that maybe you didn't, probably, uh, you didn't notice was um, Allison, Allison K. Supposedly she's no longer with NWA, so she may sign with AEW. Now that's if, then that's if AEW decides to go at the Tessa Blanchard. Remember what happened at uh, the beginning of this year? These two, um, Allison K. Pretty much called out Tessa. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be very interesting if if Allison K. Does sign a contract, because I don't think she has signed a contract yet. But making her debut at a pay per view, I mean, she did great. I mean, Allison K. Uh, I've seen the Russell before. She's pretty good. So this was a good match. Yeah. Uh, out of five, what would you score it? I give it a three and a half. I give it a three and a half. I mean, it was. It, it, I mean, it was pretty good. Um, yeah. I think yeah. if they would have given more time, uh, I think they would have put more of a classic. But it was great. It was great because this. I mean, you don't see that anymore in women's wrestling. You know, they they did the chain old school um, type of wrestling, and and I liked it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Three and a half out of five for me as well. We also went head-to-head with predictions. Of course, last time out, you were leading throughout the whole night, and I, I snatched victory from the jaws of defeat, it seemed. Uh, prediction you did wise, this time again, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, prediction-wise, we both went for deep, so it's 1-1. One, one. On the poll that we always do on the WWE, we've got 79%, so no real big surprise there. Yeah. Uh, we start the show proper and we get the opening promo. Nice music, of course, a scary voice guy. And uh, the main matches are kind of TNT title, MJF, Jericho, tag titles, women's Omega, and the AEW Championship. 
after looking at the promo, did we need the other matches or, or should the Matt Hardy match maybe been on the buy-in? And again, it's me instead of staying up until five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> if it was only maybe Listen, a three hour. And you're lucky you didn't stay up to five o'clock in the morning because I think, honestly, they should have put the Matt Hardy and uh, Sammy Guevara in the buy-in. Because, um, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll talk about the one we get to. But I think it should have put that in the buy-in. Um, I'm not a big fan of, of cinematic stuff. I mean, it was cool when it first happened, but, you know, WWE has used it a lot, so they kind of water it down. So when you see it from, uh, like, a Matt Hardy again, it's like, oh, I've seen this before. So, yeah. But I think they should have put it in the buy-in. Uh, I, I they, they, they did it with the Britt Baker and Big Swole. You know, on all out, why they didn't do it now? That's what I see. That's what I thought. Yeah, when when I'm watching it, I'm going, that would have made a little bit of sense. But we've got the pyro to start. Of course, JR, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur on commentary. And it's good stuff so far. And they're running through the card like the UFC or WWE used to at some time. Of course, to open up the, the show proper, uh, we get uh, Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. And how did we get here? Well, it was announced that there was going to be a single elimination tournament. The winner receiving a future AEW World Championship match. Yeah, Jungle Boy, Ray Phoenix, uh, Kenny Omega, Wardlow, Colt Cabana, Adam Page, Joey Janela, and Penta. And of course, uh, it gets down to Page and Omega. Is this the best told story in AEW at this point? Uh, the way they did the tournament, um, I, I, I remember when I was doing the podcast before the tournament. I was saying, you know, something's got to happen when it leads to these two facing each other at uh, full gear. They did the tournament, which was perfect. My concern was if they're going to do a tournament, you cannot have Ace and Hammond in the same bracket. You got to have them separate, you know. Um, and it, it, at the end, yes, I mean, the way um, this match was, I think they're going to still continue it after um, Saturday. Um, it's it's going to be interesting, but, but this match was pretty good also. I mean, these guys from the beginning, they, they were uh, wailing, wailing out. I mean, they were changing chops in the beginning of the match. So you knew it was going to be hard. You know? Yeah, without a doubt. But, um, but, the, but, but one thing I don't know if you noticed, or you probably did, and you probably don't remember right now, but an interesting individual in the broadcasting was Don Callis from uh, Impact Wrestling. And well, he was sitting down with, with the commentating team and I mean, I found it. I found it surprising, and I feel that you know what? I think if you see things like that, you see you already see things like NWA people coming in from NWA. Who knows? Impact Wrestling may have a work relationship with AEW. They need it anyway. Well, that doubt, and it's weird. I, I was going to say Impact Wrestling official Don Callis did then join J.R. Excalibur and Tony Schiavone on commentary. Of course, his familiar bond with Omega. We even found out why he was called the cleaner because he used to blow the cartridges as well, did Omega back in the day. Uh, and like I said, yeah. what I like about it is the fact is with WWE, there's always kind of forgotten um, other promotions. With AEW going, yeah, Impact exists, uh, NWA exists. Let's work together and actually become a wrestling promotion that everybody can kind of get on board with. And I think it was really nice touch by them, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been saying it for the last, I believe, uh, three years. Since the uh, all um, the all in uh, big pay per view than me about three years ago, when you had Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, um, and they were all working together to create this big giant uh, um, pay per view that they thought that would never happen, and we're never going to put ten thousand people. 
I mean, if you, they start doing this, I mean, everybody should, you know, should be able to get the piece of the pie. You know what I'm saying? And work together like they used to do back in the territory in the 80s. Yeah, a super clash nowadays would be, I think, fantastic if each motion were treated with respect and one didn't just kind of steamroll the other. I think that's where it works, you know? Yeah, uh, and the thing is with, uh, I think with Impact is more of, they have a black eye as far as, first of all, what they did a couple of weeks ago with the uh, who shot Donnie Bravo, and that's a big black eye for them. And it's like, you know, you're going through comedy. And, you know, um, the fact that they threw out um, New Japan out of the channel last year when they bought Access Channel here in America. So they need to, I think, uh, rebuild bridges, especially with New Japan. And I think, um, and if you start doing some type of work for AEW, that's better for you because then, you, you know, you, you're bringing your product and you show what your product is made of. And, you know, you, and you um, work for everybody else. Yeah, I think without a doubt. So we get on to the match between Omega and Page, and we get some nice work by Jason Roberts on the announcing for the cleaner. I wasn't a fan of Adam uh, when I started watching him, but his character can be serious, but it does always make me laugh. I mean, even a nameplate when he came out said, Focus Yeehaw, man, which these little touches, yeah. I think, for AEW <laughs> really do kind of make me laugh. And yeah. like you talked about, we saw the trader chops, and it gave way to Page out wrestling Omega early on including the superplex for a near fall. Omega answered with a series of chops and a moonsault off the guardrail. The agility that Omega did that move with was uh, pretty incredible, I've got to say. The ring Omega uncatchably yeah. botched a middle rope moonsault, but still landed one a second later. Page recovered and delivered a springboard clothesline that turned Omega inside out on the apron. Again, a great bump. And then Hangman tried for a plancher, but Omega moved and followed with a baseball slide. We then see uh, the exchange of strikes and the gateway to Page Rock and Omega with a rolling elbow. And uh, you see a tiger drive for near fall. And then it kind of, the, the closing segment or the sequence even, I think kind of really, really uh, picked up towards the end as well. You can see Omega uh, dodging the, the buckshot lariat a couple of times and it just shows how well each other knows each other, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is that with um, Adam Page, once he misses those two... Um, those two buckshot lariats, you, you get in trouble. Once you get with, with a V-trigger once, that's it. You know, you're going to have problems for the rest of the match. And then he does that dragon um, suplex. Um, so in, in the end, you know, toward the end, you saw he did three combinations, you know, to win the match. And he hit the dragon screw, the V-trigger, and then the angels win. So yeah. toward uh, the end, you see – go ahead. I just about to say, I love the way – like, they talk about a protective finisher – and the way Page was fighting to the very last second and then gets caught in the move. And like you said, once he gets hit with that, you know it's job done. And I think that tells a story that we don't see a lot in wrestling nowadays, you know? And I mean, I love the way the ending part, because even though he got hit with the beat trigger, the dragon, um, the dragon um, screw, uh, actually the dragon suplex, he still tried to fight the Angels wing, even though he was hurt. And But Omega was able to, they hit the Angels win, but it was, I mean, it was a hard-hitting match. Um, it kind of reminded me when they fought back in 2018 Japan in Um and I remember when Paige hit um, Omega with a dead eye into a table, and then Omega's head was busted open. So I knew that what they were going to bring to the table, and this is, I think, why I wanted them these two face off, because I told them two years ago in Japan, uh, but this was a good match. This was a good match, and a good way yeah, uh, a good way to start pay-per-view. And I thought they were going to start it off with um, 
maybe a John Silver against Orange Cassidy. You know, but they started it with a bang. This was a good match. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. You get red mark for days with the chop as well. And like I said, it seemed obvious that Paige and Kenny would meet in the final. You knew Omega would probably win but the thing is, what's wrong with that? I think for too long we've been swerved with, with certain results, especially with other wrestling companies where you think this is the way they do it. And they don't because they want to kind of give you a surprise. And I think with this kind of storytelling, with the way Paige and Omega have been handled to get to this point, like I said, I would love it if Paige was the man who beat Omega for the AEW Championship, if that's the way the story kind of progressed in the next year or so. A fantastic match, wasn't it, you know? Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Now that you say that, it does make a little sense because, uh, as you know, Omega won this match, so he's not the number one contender for the, for the AEW title. Now, remember, this time last year, Omega fought uh, Moxley in a non-sanctioned match, lights-out match, and Moxley beat him. So I won't be surprised if the next, maybe Revolution, or maybe down the line, before Revolution, Omega beats Moxley for the belt, and then Page gets to wrestle Omega one more time. And, I mean, it would be fantastic. I mean, that's a good way to – I think if I was the booker and I'm doing a story, that's the way I would do it. Yeah, I think without a doubt. And uh, I think Don fit really nicely on commentary. He did uh, a good job on that. Out of five, what are you going to score the match? Oh, yeah. I give it a four. That match, I give it a four. I mean, I think it, 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 it um, delivered. Um, I expected everything they did, uh, the chops and, the, you know, the – Going outside and uh, hard hitting. I mean, and I was like, it reminded me they wrestling match in Japan. So, I mean, it was a four. I give it a four. Yeah, I'm going to give that a four and a quarter because it, like you said, especially at that time of night for me, like one o'clock in the morning, you need a little bit of a spark to kind of go, right, I'm ready for it now, the next couple hours. And that was the match. <laughs> that kind of, yeah, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Um, prediction wise, we both yeah. went for Omega and that one, so it's two all. Pole wise, uh, Omega got 67%. And then afterwards, we see a trailer for AEW Games. There's going to be a big announcement. By the time we released it, the announcement would have been there. I guess it's going to be AEW Game. Are you excited for, for this? Or do you think AEW should wait a little bit longer? Yeah, man. I think it should have waited a little longer. Um, but I mean, I'm excited to see what type of, how the game looks. Because, um, you know, you try to... Um, I think um, push the game real quick. I mean, you want to make sure the graphics look good. You're going to attract, you know, customers, you know what I'm saying? Especially a lot of gamers out there. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I heard that thing even making cards, um, creating cards. But I don't know when those cards are going to come out. But I know the game is coming out soon. I know yeah. that. Well, I, think I, think, um, to, I think tonight, is it tonight they're going to have something on YouTube about that? Yeah, they're going to announce it here tonight. So by the time we release it tomorrow, we will know. Uh, if I'm guessing, there's going to be a GM, uh, general manager game, maybe on mobile, like I said, a card game, and then maybe a console release. If it's at Christmas, I'm going to be really surprised. So maybe uh, early next you know, year for that, you know? Yeah, I mean, even though the PlayStation 5 is coming out, I think this week or something like that. So who knows, maybe Christmas, maybe January. I mean, I, I'm I'm really I want to see the graphics. That's that's the one thing. I mean, I'm a big um, I like wrestling games and stuff like that. So I want to see how the characters look and you know, how, you know how the graphics. Well, if you're a wrestling game fan, you've you know playing TNA Impact when you were, when I was so excited about it and the game was was awful. I've got to to, to say that. 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah. TNA game. <laughs> well, don't do a TNA game. Was this was. It was this one, I think, 2008, 2009, something like that? Yeah, I, think, first, it, I think PlayStation, was it PlayStation 2? The PlayStation 3, yeah, PlayStation 3. I don't it, remember. PlayStation 3, I think, I think it's PS3, because they introduced Suicide into it, and that was kind of... Yes of the game <laughs> yeah 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 i remember that it was like if you buy the game you put up uh some coal you get suicide yes i remember, yeah. I remember that yeah um, oh my goodness well, hey, you took it way back aw <laughs> yeah. oh, don't do that well, they don't. try you know what i'm saying they did they, they tried they tried you know so, yeah, it is what it is so we move on to our next match, and uh, it is orange Cassidy in action how did we get it well he's had trouble with the dark order hasn't he and uh this a buy-in match, but they've added it to the main card and a pump kick that John Silver's taken out Orange Cassidy in the last three weeks. But about Orange Cassidy, is he just a comedy character? Uh, I, I mean, the way I look at it, I mean, he has had some, if memorable to me, it's been Pac, him and Revolution, and the first Cody Roll match. Everything else has been, you know, comedy. He's more of a comedy wrestler. I mean, this is the way I was looking at this match between him and Silver, a comedy match. Uh, I, I mean, I think that's the way they're doing it. They, they, they know if he wants to bring it in the ring, he can bring it. Like, he, he will go, he'll do stuff that you would like amaze. But he's more of a comedy character. So, what happened in the Orange Cassidy match? Well, Orange Cassidy started his showdown with the Dark Orders, John Silver, with his normal shenanigans, but found out quickly that four was not a competitive mess with. The powerhouse of Dark Order tossed freshly squeezed around the ring and encountered a DDT attempt by squatting down and turning it into a suplex. Silver dominated till Cassidy sent him to the turnbuckles, delivered a crossbody and followed up with a big DDT for a near fall. Freshly squeezed missed an orange punch but scored a stun dog mini there. He tried for the punch again, but Silver executed a perfect release airplane spin. Silver wasted just a moment too much mimicking Mr. Brody Lee, missed the clothesline and fell prey to the orange punch. Cassidy followed with beach break for the win. What are your thoughts on that match? Uh, I mean, it was a decent match. I can't, I'm not going to knock it for what it was because the two characters, you know, they comedic, you know, wrestlers, you know. But um, the one thing I can say about John Silver, I've seen John Silver wrestle live when he was in House of Glory up here in New York. And he's a decent guy. I mean, he could wrestle. He has all the, the techniques and the skills to, you know, to go far. I think uh, the reason um, they put these two together was more for a comedic match. I guess to slow down everybody hyped up from the match, the first one between Omega and Paige. So this was, you know, it was pretty good. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't, like I said, I can't knock it. Um, Orange Cassidy did his thing. John Silver, to me, he impresses me. This guy, for a short guy, and, you know, and, and his technique, he's quick, he's fast. I, you know, I just hope that they are able to push him further than what he is right now in the dark order. Um, but, you know, it, it was pretty good. It was a pretty yeah. good. Silver, I think, was brilliant in this one. His reactions to Orange Cassidy's kind of shtick and then later on with the power. And, of course, the one-handed uh, gorilla press was, was really, really impressive. Oh, yeah, that was sick. That was a sick um, one-handed thought, gorilla. I've never seen nobody done do that. In nah, honestly, I was just like, wow, this guy. And he is kind of, you know, maybe not the tallest guy, but like I said, he is, he's got that kind of look about him just built, isn't he? And um, 
I think for low expectations for this match, it really delivered. And again, I thought this was a, a really, really enjoyable outing. Uh, what would you give it out of five? Uh, I'd give that a, probably a, uh, a three, maybe. I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, um, I got kind about it. Um, I think they could have, I think, it, again, given more time. And I think take out the comedy part, if they would have been more uh, focused more on the wrestling stuff, I think it could have been at least a three, three and a half. Because uh, John Silver has, like I said, he's quick and everything, but he had some um, some quick kicks that hit um, uh, Orange Cassidy about three times, stirred him, right? Like some Daniel Bryan kicks, you know? Mm. And um, But I, I, give, I give it a, 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 a three. Yeah. I'm being, I'm, being, <laughs> I'm being nice about it. That's cool. Uh, Prediction-wise, we both went OC, so it's free all. Poll-wise, Cassidy got 84% of the vote. No real surprise there. And the next match is for the TNT title. And, of course, after Cody wrestled Orange Cassidy to a time limit draw and retained the TNT Championship on the October 14th edition of Dynamite, it was announced that Darby would challenge for the title at full gear. Um, what are your thoughts on the TNT Championship so far? I mean, the design wasn't great kind of last time out. Has it improved? I mean, well, the way it was back in April when they first introduced it, I mean, it does. I'm getting used to it. I, I tell you that much. Um, I know, um, I hope to God that they don't do a TNT champion, Tag Team Championship because they did mock it this week in uh, BCE, being the elite. Um, but the title right now is getting, you know, it's, it's been given a, a serious run. I think they're trying to make it like an intercontinental belt. Um, the fact I just don't understand is that you, if that was the case, you could have let Brody Lee have the belt, right, and have Darby challenge him and make it, you know, because Darby is this reckless guy. He doesn't care, you know, but... For Cody to have it for what? For two, three weeks? And then mm-hmm. give it to Darby for that. Darby should have won the tournament to begin with. You know? Yeah. But, it, you know, I, I mean, it was a pretty decent match. These guys, when they wrestle each other, uh, I think Darby brings the best out of Cody or uh, vice versa because they don't they don't disappoint when it comes to their matches. No. I mean, if I had watched the promo for the match before predictions, I would have gone Darby because this is all about... Uh, him kind of being, you know, told the story of a young lion against a kind of established star. Could he get the job done? Uh, and I think it was interesting there. I'm not sure if Cody had enough pyro and entourage as he came out to the ring. I think they got to add to it a little bit. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like that. I don't, I don't like that at all. Like, he comes out with his whole entourage and it's like, do you really need to do that? Like, you and your wife is fine. You bring in guys, like you got Lee Johnson, who is a jobber. You got Billy Gunn, who's older than dirt. Then you got Billy Gunn's son. It's like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't like it doesn't add up. You know what I'm saying? If you're gonna bring, yeah, you got uh, what's his name, um, Dustin Rose. But then you got QT Marshall, who's another jobber. Like you got a bunch of jobbers in your group. So it, I, I don't like that. I rather when he comes up with wife and the whole uh, pyro and the song, the music in the background that sounds eerie. But this whole entourage thing, I, I, I'm not, I'm not crazy about it. No, it worked great, but he is Cody Rhodes once again. He has got his uh, surname. So yeah, I suppose yeah. that's a great thing, isn't it? You know? Yeah, but he had, he had to give up, according to what I read, he had to give up Slambury uh, and Super Bowl to WWE. So he can never go after that. So it's for his name, which is crazy, but 
It is what it is. They, WWE have, I mean, AEW have to create their own pay-per-views where they could say, look, we're different than you. Stop worrying about trying yeah. to get pay-per-views from the past, you know? So. Yeah, I completely agree. And we saw Mike Kyoto refereeing uh, in AEW again, which is, again, nice touch to see him. Yeah. And then on to the match, we see Allen out, wrestle Cody, frustrating him early and sending the TNT champion, scurrying him to the floor. Uh, Cody responded favorably, trapping Darby in a hammerlock and sending him into the entrance ramp. Allen him out to come back as Rose departed from the game plan laid out by head coach Arn Anderson. I thought Arn Anderson was great in this, shouting at Cody and saying, come on, get your head in the game. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what a proper manager would do, you know? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, it, this sounds like a, uh, I mean, anyway, just continue. I'm, I want to say something after that so we can continue what happened, oh, no, what happened in the match. So I want to say something at the end, go ahead. All right, so then we see the crossroads from the top, which again was just a sick move. Yeah, it uh, but I, it, just, it was funny, like you're going, bloody hell, like, wow. Well, Alan's arm. I, I say Darby takes a lot of punishment. That, that move, I mean, when he hit it, Darby landed across uh, halfway out of the ring. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was crazy. I think he did it at first before he did an avalanche. Shoulder breaker first, and then he hit him with the, the crossroads also, which it was two two devastating moves, and you got to give credit to Darby. He got out of those things. Yeah, without a doubt. And we saw Rose's arrogance come into play as he talked trash, and then he kicked away his, uh, Alan's head. He teased using the weight belt as a was distracted enough Allen to fight his way back into this match the last supper gave way to the float over stunner which preceded the coffin drop all of which only scored at two then we see a series of roll-ups moments later gave way to Allen finally pinning those shoulders to the mat to win the title um what were your thoughts on the match before we get to the after uh, post-match shenanigans the 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 match again they did these guys this was like i guess the fourth time they wrestled and they delivered. They delivered the match. I mean, just the the bumps that Darby Allen took. Like I said, the Avalanche shoulder breaker first, and then that the sick crossroad Avalanche from the top. I mean, they, this match was it was good. They they did not disappoint me. I mean, um, you know, I had a feeling Darby was going to win. I mean, I think it was time for him to win. He should have won the TNT belt back in April, but. You know, overall, I mean, I guess the whole storyline, long-term storyline, was good because at the end of the game, a day, Darby, you know, persevered and showed Cody what he's made of. Yeah, I think about how far do you think Darby Allen can actually go? Then, you know, he's TNT champion at the moment. Do you see him as uh, heavyweight champion? Uh, um, heavyweight champion. I do not know because um, now that, that that AEW roster is getting bigger and bigger, and I, I think I think the word around also that David Boy Smith may join them because he's trying to get out his MLW contract. So I think Darby's better off in the mid card. That's where the TNT title is, is there, where he could grab it. I think um, his uh, reckless style wrestling uh, will will help him. I think. Um, persevere more in the mid-card level. W, uh, AEW World Champion, eh, I, I don't see it happening, but I won't be surprised. Yeah, I, I mean, he's got a lot of potential, and like we said, we talked about Orange Cassidy, he's kind of 
uh, earlier about kind of kid friendly and selling a lot of merchandise. I think Darby Allen has got a little because he's obviously so different that he's going to if he's a big merch seller, they're going to put in that position that they feel like he can handle. Think, uh, uh, you know, I think the mid card part, he's better off there because I think the heavyweight. Um, if you see the heavyweight um, line or, or the, 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 the story in the heavyweight, there's a lot of big guys. So, I mean, you could put him in there, and he might be able to be a couple of guys, but he's going to be all the big guys. So I, I don't think he's better off right there with a the TNT belt. I think we're at that. And then after a few tense moments, we see Rhodes kneeling down, presenting Allen with the title as a show of respect. But it was short-lived. This team Taz hit the ring, attacking Rose and Allen. They laid out their competitors for Ricky Starts and Brian Cage. They did tease a little moment of dissension, each reaching for the TNT Championship, which I thought was quite cool. Taz took it off and said, calm down, guys. But the beating culminated in a cage, throwing Allen through a set piece, and then he prepared to break his arm on the car door. But Will Hobbs made the save and answering Taz's invite to join the team with a resounding no. Um, again... It's AEW, for me, building stars in a way because you've seen Will Hobbs uh, coming out and making a big save. Of course, Darby Allen getting a victory. Um, with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, are they just there to kind of part over the baby faces or have they got a role to play in AEW? I think, uh, you know, now that you say that, I think William Hobbs, first of all, is going to end up joining Team Taz. I think uh, they, t- they kind of... Um, Tease a little bit with Starks and Cage pulling for the belt, but um, I think uh, they, 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 they need to keep them together for now, you know, um, because first of all, if you have Brian Cage with the FTW belt, right, and suppose the FTW is not sanctioned by anybody, whatever, but then why put a belt around him, you know what I'm saying? So you got to make that title legit. Brian Cage and Starks should stay together. Right? And the fact that a, a William Hobbs, out of, out of all people, is getting that recognition, you know, coming out, helping Darby, whatever. But I see him turning on Darby. I see it happening, you know. Um, and, it, I mean, just the fact that Darby won the belt, just that they, made a, they made stars there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They made a star there already. Hobbs, I see him. Um, he could be a, a future star. And, you know, a little bit more, you know, if because he, he, he's still a little green, but... As you get to learn a little bit and you step in the room with different type of, of wrestlers. But I feel if he teams up with Brian, Brian Cage and Starks and he has Taz as his manager or whatever it is, William Hobbs could be big. Yeah, I see loads of potential there. Uh, one last thing about the match. Did this seem like a fluke win for Derby, the way they played it off towards the end? Or... Because the worst thing they can do is treat him like a kind of Rey Mysterio after he won the World Heavyweight title of just getting destroyed by all these bigger guys. Or, you know, or was it just a moment where they had to make Cody kind of look a bit stronger because of the way it finished? Uh, I think that because of, I think that's a, big, a bigger story out of that because if you notice the last couple of weeks um, after Cody won the belt, you see Arn Anderson outside telling Cody to focus, and Cody doesn't listen. I see them, I see R. Anderson leaving um, the Nightmare family and maybe joining Tully Blanchard, because like I said, um, I mean, they've been teasing a full horseman thing for like a while, but, um, you know, um, I think what it, I think it was more of Cody being a transitional champion. He figured, let me take the belt away from Brody Lee, even though 
Brody Lee said himself that he um, he wasn't supposed to win the title, because but the thing was because Cody was doing something like outside of wrestling or whatever. So Cody became a transitional champion. He figured, let me take the belt from Brody, and then I'm gonna give it to Darby Allen because at the end of the day, they, AEW is supposed to build stars. You already got got Cody's uh, already um, you can say a main man, you know. He hasn't won the world title, but he's a main man, you know. So I feel that um, the match it was more he became a transcendent champion, a champion, and said, "Look, Darby, this is you. Now you run with this." Yeah. Uh, out of five, what would you score that match? Oh, that match, I give it a four and a half. That was real good. That match was real good. I like it. And then, like I said, they don't disappoint me at all. They don't. This is the fourth time they wrestled, and the fourth time, the first time they had a draw. Second time Cody beat him. The third time uh, Cody beat him because uh, this guy did not lift his um, his shoulders up. And now this one was a roll up, a series of roll up back and forth. And I mean they they delivered all four matches. They delivered. It wasn't. Um, I was just not happy that Darby didn't win the belt the first time. But you know they, they delivered. The match was was worth watching. Yeah, I think without a doubt, I'm going to give that a four because it was it's some great storytelling as that as well. Because Cody is a bit old school, and you know, just to get Darby Allin over as a kind of champion now as well, I think it was really really nicely put together. And prediction wise, you took the lead with that then, and it was four three up. Seventy one percent of the polls went for Darby Allin in that. And then we see QT and Dustin being interviewed. The first question should be, why did you not help your brother just now as you was getting beaten up not two minutes ago? Why are you yeah. standing there talking and not helping? That's, that, that's AEW for you. Sometimes they don't put logic together. Like, because supposedly AEW says that when the locker, the locker's on the other side of the stadium. So that's, that's the story they gave one time, I think, when oh, somebody got beat up. Oh, that's when Jake the Snake Robert put the snake on top of uh, Cody's wife and they're saying why he didn't come because the, the lock is on the other side of the stadium. So, you know, I guess that's it. <laughs> if you were to ask them, that's what they would say. Yeah, I don't know what his, Dusty's problem was with Cody at that point. Anyway, yeah. so on to our next match. Uh, how we got here is the women's title on the line. Well, Nyla Rose revealed Vicky Guerrero as her manager and, um, of course, challenged Shida for the uh, championship match. Um, again, before we get on this, let's just talk about the state of the women's division in AEW. Um, because I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant in a minute. But what were your what are your thoughts? We talked about earlier with, with NW, uh, NWA and all this kind of stuff. What are your thoughts on the women's division? What's, what's kind of right and wrong with it at this point in time? Well, at this, at this point, I mean... They have all these women in there. A lot of these women are there like Diamante, Ivelisse. You know, they've been in the independent scene for years. But the problem is that I don't know who's running it. I mean, apparently they say Omega and Brandy Rose are the one running the women's division. Well, you got to bring chemistry into in, into a roster for the women. You have to make sure that when two individuals face off, that they have chemistry, that they flow like. Serena Deeves and Allison Kay. You saw that perfect chain wrestling. There's no mistake. There's no, there's no uh, bodge. The women's division in AEW, a lot of these females, when they're wrestling, you could tell it's like they're dancing in the ring like, oh, I'm going to grab you right now. I'm going to throw you here. Okay, hold up. Oh, I missed. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And it's not, it's like 
some of these girls are not learning. Now, supposedly, they say Dustin Rose is the one teaching them as far as uh, chemistry and psychologically in the ring. But you need, like, when Thunder Rosa was in there, um, I know I, I read that Thunder Rosa was helping a lot of these females, and this is what they had, that had to do with the elites or whatever, that match or whatever. But the problem is they don't have a female wrestler. Like, Medusa Maselli will be a perfect woman trainer in there. It will teach uh, the chemistry and the psychological part of the wrestling, uh, woman wrestling. And that's the problem with AEW. They bring anybody in there. And if you look at all the girls from AEW Dark, they come up to Dynamite, have a wrestling match, mostly it's squads, and they look like they timing is off. All of them. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm going to attack it from a different angle now uh, because, because like, we talked about the in-ring. But this is, for me, what have we learned about Shida since she has been champion? Remind, she's been champion now for 105 days since beating Rose. What have we learned? When compared to even Thunder Rosa, you know, we talk about motivations. There's no motivation in the kind of women's division. They obviously don't get enough time on Dynamite. But even the characters we saw with Shida coming out and this kind of Japanese music playing and the kendo stick as a sword. And, and yeah, that could be cool. But when you compare it to like a, a kind of Io Shirai or, you know, even Oscar and kind of what they are, you know, and, and it's even with... Just, I, I don't want to compare NXT with AEW with the women's division, but you look at so many characters with NXT. You imagine AEW main event in a pay per view or Dynamite even with a women's match. It, it wouldn't happen because, apart from maybe Britt Baker and now with Thunder Rosa, there, there's so many, they're non defined. It's kind of gone back to the way it was of, oh, you're from Japan. Let's play a bit of Japanese, but you can come out with that. Okay, you're a big girl, so this is kind of what you're going to do. Rather than developing a character and a personality and kind of seeing that through, you know? I think that's my problem with the women's division. With the NXT thing, and the NXT is different because NXT, even though they uh, women roster has depleted, they still have uh, um, a good woman wrestler what you could say could bring a match like Io Shirai, Io Shirai could wrestle all night long. Same thing with Rhea Ripley. So you still, they still have that type of woman. But the problem with AEW, like I said, they it's, it's also chemistry. It's like you can't put two two women wrestlers to wrestle. They have no chemistry because that's gonna that's where the body come in. You know what I'm saying? So they make the match look bad, you know. But then they give hope when they bring girls like Thunder Rosa, Allison K. But they're only there temporarily. It's not like they, they're going to be... If you want to make the women's division good, you have to bring... This is my, just my opinion. You have to bring someone like a Medusa Maselli or somebody who's been in the business for a while to show them the psychology and the chemistry in the ring because that's what's missing with AEW. Uh, Hiroki Ishida, I think she's... I like her. Uh, Shida, I love her. But, and I always said she should have been the AEW champion the first time. Um, not that little Riho, whatever her name is, you know. Um, but then again, if you want to make a a great woman's champion, you got to feed her good wrestling. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Ric Flair didn't become the greatest world champion in the world by fighting people who were not in his league. He wrestled the best. And that's the problem with AEW, women's division. You don't have the best. But the thing is, as well, is is my problem. This is meant to be the women's championship match. This is meant to be uh, the kind, you know, the biggest moment for them. 
And it's mainly about Vicky Guerrero. It's about her, you know, setting the match up, uh, what she did during it. And, of course, we get on to what she did afterwards. Uh, Let's let's get through the match before, you know, really. Like I said, it's my only issue. I've been really nice and I've really enjoyed AEW uh, up until all the pay-per-view, especially up until this point. And then it just kind of annoyed me a little bit because I thought they deserve better than this, you know. Like I said, the renewal. They're renewing their rivalry. We've seen them face before. And again, it's all about Vicky Guerrero kind of delivering a cheap shot, allowing Rose to seize control. Because Rose, being, you know, four times the size, should be able to get an advantage, but can't without Vicky, you know, getting there. And uh, we we see it, you know, uh, with with Sheeda, you know, getting into it and uh, just bringing it. You know, we we see Sheeda, who strikes uh, and chops are, are really, really good. Uh, Rosa took a little bit of control. We see Shida uh, shoving. Um, and again, this is what annoyed me about the match, is that we straight back and forth between the two that we've seen for, you know, like I said, the chemistry might be a little off. And then the champion shoved the challenger into Vicky at ringside and delivered another full canero in the ring uh, for another two. Ding, done. And then we see a few knee strikes and they earn the win. But I was going, well, that full canero was not pretty. And then the strikes to end it was just kind of, oh, that's the match done then. And then we see Guerrero um, slapping Rose and then Rose just taking it as Guerrero walks out. And you're kind of going, so your main focus now is Vicky Guerrero. I mean, for me, listen, the the match itself was nowhere compared to their match in Double or Nothing. The fact, and that's another thing you mentioned, Vicky Guerrero, um, Vicky Guerrero uh, kind of interfered too early in the match. So, you know, grabbing the candlestick, and I think she done me. Uh, it, you know, it left me confused, to be honest with you, because I'm like, okay, Vicky Guerrero is the reason why Nyla Rose um, is getting this title shot, because the story was Nyla Rose didn't want to wrestle nobody else until she gets a shot with um, Sheeta. And then this match, I mean, the Falcon Arrow, I, I mean, I got to give it credit because, yeah, it, it wasn't that pretty, but just the fact that the woman's, I mean, Lada Rose is big. <laughs> yeah. No, and, right. and the fact <laughs> that, that she that went and did a Falcon Arrow from the top rope, that, that that's amazing enough. I mean, it's not the first time I've seen this. This one was a little sloppy, but I, I, I just, I didn't understand, like, okay, if you're going to build a, a wrestling match like this, where now... Vicky, yes, Vicky's the focal point because she's the one who's in the corner of Nyla Rose. But the way it ended, her slapping Nyla at the end of the match, I was like, okay, so are they breaking up already? Mm-hmm. It's like, are you ready to end this story? It hasn't even begun. You know? So what it should have done was, this is what, what I would have done. Uh, I would have had Nyla Rose win by disqualification. And then they'll probably, uh, again, because of Vicky, whatever. But it, it just... This match, I mean, it left me wondering, like, what's next? And I don't like, I don't like feeling that way when I see a match because then I'm like, okay. yeah. Because and what I said in my podcast on on Sunday when I did my review was, you're you're already trying to break up these two already. You you let Vicky slap her, and then Nyla Rose just took it. So okay, so what's yeah. next? You know, it's just, it, it, I mean, I don't know. Well, I tell you something that really annoyed me, actually, thinking about the match itself, was the fact that Rose took out the leg of Sheeda, and Sheeda couldn't stand, and not once did she go for submission, and I'm just going, that is just so 
kind of annoying where you've got a bad leg. Yeah, fix the mic because you're sounding like a robot. So, <laughs> yeah, you're sounding like a robot. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know where they're going to go with this. Um, I just hope now, I mean, because if, if, if um, Cheetah beat her again, second time, again, in order for you to make a great world champion, you got to feed her good wrestling, you know, good wrestling. And I don't think right now AEW has good wrestling unless they plan to do a title versus title with Serena Deeps. You know, I don't know if she does wrestle Serena Deeps. I think she did. I'm not sure. I got to check. But that's the only thing I could see right now. The, the mm-hmm. You know, her moving on to wrestle Serena Deeps on a title versus title match. But as far as um, this match, this match was not, it didn't, it, to my expectation, it wasn't what I thought. You know, I, I, I don't know, but Britt Baker, Britt Baker right now, um, she's going to have to wrestle um, someone who's competitive. All those squash matches is not going to do it for me. Because if they do, they do put her against Sheeta. They, they have wrestled before, and that's the one when Sheeta broke her nose. Um, and I think they wrestled again. So Britt Baker, if Britt Baker beats Sheeta, it's outside interference from um, whatever her name is, Rita or whatever her name is. Um, and I mean, it's most likely. I think that's what they plan to do. Probably have Britt Baker beat Sheeta. I don't think she's gonna win clean. I think she's probably gonna win in some disqualification. Uh, not disqualification. She's gonna win cheating because if you're not gonna put the belt around Nyla Rose again, and then you had Vicky slap Nyla Rose, and you just left it like that, that 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 doesn't make sense. You're not gonna make me believe that you know that she's gonna be Sheeta the third time. Uh, what was your score out of five for that match? Oh, that I gave that probably a two and a half. That that match was not what I expected. You know, I think again, um, I think you try. It you know, able I think they rushed the match because again, if you have is somebody like a Vicky Guerrero in your corner, you don't rush the match by putting her to interfere so quick in the match. I think it was like finally even five minutes, and she already had interfered. So. That, that, I think it could have been better. I mean, they no, double or nothing match that no disqualification, full counts, anywhere, whatever it was, was way better than that. I would have to agree with you there. Uh, prediction wise, uh, WNR drew level, so it's four all there with that. And Pulse Sheeta got 76%. And then on to match six. Well, this is. Um, a dream match. I mean, is this a dream match in your eyes? I mean, that words get banded around for. for for so many other different types of matches, is this an actual dream match? Yeah, I mean, how long were we waiting for this? Like almost four years, you know? Um, I mean, this is a match that I was waiting for. And I mean, it, the, the only thing I could say that didn't book it the right, not booked it, but um, they didn't push the match like they were supposed to. I think they were given enough weeks to make the match like real real like for everybody like oh my god i can't wait they dragged it a little bit and then it wasn't until they did that tournament or that four-way where they attacked the young bucks um but i mean the match was great i mean my my fear now is okay they lost the aew titles are they gonna still stay with us uh stay with aew or not so yeah that's that's the only thing but the match i mean it was worth the wait for four years 
I think we're about out. I mean, like I said, we had the injury to Matt going into the match itself. And there's a lot of comparisons. For me, it's a bit like the Beatles versus the Rolling Stones. The Young Bucks and uh, FTL, a rival, are two very different tag teams. But it doesn't mean you can't like both, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, but the funny thing is that even though in the storyline they were showing uh, uh, Matt was hurt, whatever, in reality, he is hurt. MCL, ACL injury. And... He wrestled that. You got to give it credit. I mean, he he took bumps in that match, Matt Jackson. And, I, I mean, I think with the suplex or the moonsault, one of those, when he hit, I was like, oh, my God, because I know how it is to have a big injury. So I was like, I, I felt the pain. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had great jackets from FTR. We also had the stars uh, about the Grand Slam, which I really liked them. Uh, I usually complain about really long matches, but I was drinking every little thing in, even a tag rope that FTR says uh, that they must have. Uh, and, of course, we see the champions working over Matt's leg, looking to further exploit it as uh, he's trying to get in a tag. And, and this was FTR kind of at their best here, cutting off the ring, uh, doing everything a good tag team should do. And like I said, in this one, it would be a miss for me to try and talk through the highlights that we saw. Uh, yeah, but we cool. saw... There's too much. It was, I, I, wrote, I wrote everything down. There's too much highlights. <laughs> it was, you know what I mean? We see even uh, when they were calling out to old tag teams. So we've seen the 3D uh, involved there as well. We see the kind of Steiner Bulldog, uh, the heart attack. I mean, it was just everything that there was. And then, of course, Nick gets to kind of tag in. And you think, right, is that where it's going to crescendo? And it still doesn't. And it, it just builds and builds and builds to a point. And uh, you're thinking, right, and then it breaks down and we see uh, we'll attempt to work out Nick, but uh, the younger buck delivered a 450 splash to Harwood for two. And then moments later, Matt sees the momentary opening presented by Cash's failure to pin. Uh, he went up and, uh, well, like I said, it, they say it's uh, fist, not flips, but Cash tried um, a high risk move, came up short and then got hit with the uh, super kick from the uh, boot was off the foot as well, because obviously it was an injured leg. Again, those little parts, I think, just told a fantastic story. And the Young Bucks win the AW title for the very first time. What were your thoughts on that match? That match, listen, that match, you want a clinic of tag team wrestling? That was it. You want to see old school wrestling? That was it. And you just mentioned they did the heart attack, they did the Steiner Brothers, Bulldog from the top. The fact, I like the way they end it because at the end of the day, you know, they say no flips, just fits, right? And what did Wheeler did? He did a 450 splash and missed. So that's a good way to end a, a, a match where the guy did something that he said he'll never do, but he did it and missed. So, I mean, the, the whole match was just, it was crazy. I mean, the fact that I, I, I don't know how I think Harwood, he, I think he tried to um, chop Matt against the uh on his chest he missed it hit the rim pole, cut himself he had to get his hand wrapped up i mean it was just the boot oh i think at one point i think uh nick or i think it was nick he got power bombed into the table i mean it was just total chaos but it was a wrestling tag team clinic at the same time and, i mean this match i mean i've seen a lot of tag team wrestling but this is one of the, in my top favorites because we, it was four years of waiting for these two tag teams to meet up, and they delivered. They delivered, and anybody that said they didn't deliver, that they don't know tag team wrestling. 
Nah, I mean, they should have like a best of seven series or something like this just to keep, uh, give us a chance to see more of these matches. You know, we've seen the one-off now. Let's see them have a series and build from there. I think that will be fantastic. And then afterwards, we see Omega coming out to celebrate. And of course, Paige in the background. You know funny? Why did you say that? I didn't see, listen, my friend had to tell me that Paige popped up. I guess because I was writing the notes and looking up, writing the notes. I didn't see Paige. In the in the entryway, I saw Omega come in, but I didn't pay. I guess I didn't pay um, attention, and I see Paige in the on the outside area. So again, that's that's gonna be an interesting part also where that plays with Paige coming out and wants to celebrate with the young bud, but doesn't. Uh, score? Would you rate that out of five? Uh, that oh, I, I I will give that a five. Crazy as it sounds, but I give that match a five. It was, I haven't seen tag team wrestling like that in so long. And mind you, the AEW has a good tag team division. This, these two tag teams, I mean, again, four years in the waiting and they delivered. They can't get any better than that. And the fact that, that Matt was hurt, legitimately hurt, and the storyline also was hurt, and the way it ended, you can't get, it can't get any better than that. I'm going to give that a four and three quarters out of five. The only reason I'm not giving it five, the only way I would have maybe given it five, is because AEW, like I said, has got the best tag team division. That's not really much of a surprise. But imagine uh, this being a main event of a pay-per-view. I think because, you know, you could argue Kingston and Moxley, we have seen it before. If these two teams, they could main event a pay-per-view, and that would have made it just that little bit more special because they could have said, like we with the women's wrestling, well, WWE are never going to have a tag team um, match. No, never, not. No, not, not that type of tag team. You would never see yeah. a tag team like that. But you're right. I mean, they should have. They could have put it in main event. Uh, and yes, you did say that the Moxley and Eddie Kingston match. I uh, mean, we saw that. But we're going to get to that. I think there was a yes. little bit more flavor on that. But yeah, I think that this FTR versus Young Bush should have main event. I think it was way better than the Moxley and Kingston match. Yeah, well, I was annoyed that the Young Bucks had said if they had never won the the titles, they would have never challenged again because that would have changed my prediction. But too little, too late. Neither of us got that one, so it's four all. Bucks got fifty two percent of the vote, so that was the tightest poll that we did. And then on to uh, match seven. And it is <laughs> broken rules. Uh, well, how did we get here? We had a broken rules match at all out. Um, of course, it was a horrible, horrible injury uh, in that match. He's taken time out and they have been building. This is a kind of never-ending feud between uh, Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy. Uh, the last four matches on the card though, have been a babyface fighting injury, being down a majority match, but getting the win. What would happen this time? Um, I'll let you take this match because what what were your thoughts? Oh my god. This uh look, the notes I got here, sign me, first of all, he arrived in the little golf cart. Now my first thing is, why in the blue hell are you in the middle of the woods in the dark riding a uh, golf cart? Then all of a sudden you see Sammy arrive with a monster truck, he runs over the golf cart, but doesn't I mean we don't see if he ran over Sammy. Then Sammy jumps from the, I think, from the uh, big monster truck tire. And everything's going fine um, until Matt's um, head is put in underwater in the fountain. And then Matt pops out of staff like he's, uh, he's the Moses. And I'm like, what the hell? And then everything just went 
out of control when um, Sammy and and Matt were in the ring and Sammy was put through a table. All of a sudden, you see Santana Ortiz pop out. Uh, but before that, I forgot to mention that Matt Hardy was talking to somebody on the phone. Now, with that being said, during the whole broadcast, uh, I remember oh, during the week, they kept saying there was going to be a surprise guest, whatever. Uh, or Sting, you know, he he's no longer with WWE. They took all his stuff. So I'm thinking Sting may pop out, you know. I mean, I'm just thinking. I said, something's going to come because they say surprises. All of a sudden, Pride and Powerful in the ring, they're beating up on, on, on Matt Hardy. And then we got Private Party come in, and then everything just goes to hell. And that's the only way I could say. Um, you know, and then you got Matt using a Roman candle as a projectile. Uh, you got Sammy doing the same. All of a sudden, you got Gangrel pop out. I'm like, what the hell is he doing there? Can he use the name Gangrel because, of, you know, he used it in WWE. Then Hurricane Hounds pop out. I'm like, what the hell? And I'm just like, right now, I'm just disappointed by this point. Like, I, I'm like, what the hell is going on? So now everybody's fighting. All of a sudden, everybody goes back into, like, the warehouse part. They close down the door. And, and now it's only Sammy and, and Matt. Then in the ring again, um, Matt is put on the table. Sammy goes up to a long ladder. He jumps off of it, goes through Matt Hardy. Somewhere, somehow, Matt Hardy got up, and Sammy is ready to jump from the uh, top rope, and he gets speared, sticking down to the table, and then Matt Hardy goes and slams a chair on top of uh, Sammy's head, and he wins the match. I was like, why in the world did we have this match? Because you could have had a match, a regular match, with Sammy Guevara instead of having this. Even though they've been teasing this for almost close to eight months, because Matt Hardy, when he first came to AEW, I remember him doing a promo, and he was in his uh, compound, and he called out Sammy Guevara. This was back in March, somewhere in March or April. So this never-ending match, I mean, it, it really doesn't help Sammy Guevara at all because Sammy Guevara, if you notice, he gets wins here and there, but he always ends up losing big matches. So how is he going to grow if he keeps losing to big matches? Whoever came up with this idea, um, I'm sure Matt Hardy was the one that came out. I think they should have never, Sammy, Sammy should have never lost this match. They should have had at least something where Matt, uh, Sammy, and you have the guys from the inner circle beat down Matt Hardy and throw him in the, the, the lake or whatever. And then that would end the match. But again, you know, Sammy Guerrero, again, comes out short of, uh, short of the stick. And now I, I'm thinking to myself, now what? Because I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure that this feud should be over. I do not want to see this again Wednesday. I don't. So it's no, like, I... it's over, it's over. That's it. Well, it's the thing. Sammy needs a big win soon, doesn't he? I mean, the future is slowly passing by, and being this never-ending feud with Matt Hardy is not happening. I mean, there was parts in this match I just zoned out. I mean, this was the first time in the night that I was just like, well, it's getting on a little bit now. Maybe I'll just, uh, you know, leave it here. It was uh, good to see Gangrel, but, I mean, there was a separate match we weren't told about going on, like I said, with Private Pie, which kind of surprised me. And then I've just felt... Don't get wrong, with the Ultimate Deletion matches, there's a lot of callbacks in this matchup that fans in the past, 
you know, would have seen and kind of liked, you know, like we've seen your Benjamin and, and all these other kind of things. But I just felt it was just, just pointless at times. They were just, you know what I mean? Just wasting time. And it was like, why, why do this? And if it was on the buy-in, if it was, if it was for free and, you know, half hour match, that's fine. But, when it's you know half three in the morning and you've got you know you're thinking i'm just i'm not gonna make it i'm not gonna make it and... oh, man. yeah i can imagine i mean it's funny because i was thinking about you and i was like is he watching this and i was like i'm at the time i'm like it's got like three o'clock four o'clock in the morning in london i'm like he probably asleep <laughs> but i was like just shaking my head like why is this match happening like it's just again it's like you have a good pay-per-view going and you just throw an egg on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, pow. And you just mess everything up, you know? Because now, you know, it's like, you're going to remember a full gear, and you're going to remember this dull match. Because this match, because there was nothing to earn, you know, earn or anything to win out of this match. It was just like, if if now, my thing is, it's going to be worse if, let's say, after this match was over, and he pinned him at the compound, whatever, and then next this week we we have another match. Then, then what was the point of the deletion? Then, you know? yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I th- I think that with Matt Hardy, he's finding himself in a difficult situation. AEW because he's obviously trying hard and he wants to make it work. And but it's just for me at the moment is not clicking. So I'm not going to say he's a failure at this moment in time, but I think there's a lot to be done and maybe not just falling back on but, kind of what we know. Maybe trying to take a little bit different. Uh, but see, here's, here's the problem. I think the reason it's not working is because there's no fans. So I, I'm sure that if there were fans, I think his uh, woken gimmick or broken gimmick, whatever you want to call it, um, it would have been working right now. He would have been he would have been a real fan favorite. But the fact that you said you wasn't going to use the gimmick until everybody comes back and you're just going to be a regular Matt Hardy, but then all of a sudden you got this match, then what are you doing? Are you going to be the regular Matt Hardy? Or you doing still the woke, the woken or broken gimmick? You know what I'm saying? So, I think if there were fans in attendance, I mean, even though um, the uh, Daily's place had like about, I think a thousand fans in there, so they coming slowly but surely. But still, if I think he would have had a bigger fan base that people were still like the thousands, I think he would his gimmick would have been working right now. Yeah, it's it's like that AEW I think need to address, and I think Matt Hardy. We'll know that at this moment in time. What are you going to score that match out of five? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll give it a one, let's be honest. With you. No. I'll give it a one. I'm sorry. I mean, and mind you, I like Sammy Guerrero and I like Matt Hardy, but I cannot. It, it's, it's just like, first of all, I started questioning the, the, the beginning. I mean, it was funny the way it started because you see Sammy in a golf cart in the woods. But then after. Santana Ortiz got involved in private party. They got girl. That's when everything went downhill for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm it, like, the best part was the hurricane. Like I said, with uh, coming back as a reporter, like, what's up with that? And then, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, obviously. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. that, for me, that was the best the bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was the bit I thought, oh, right, yeah. Uh, anyway, prediction was that. Uh, WNR take the lead 5 4. Poll wise, uh, 63%. Went Matt Hardy, we then see Archer and Jake uh, backstage talking. And then on to the co-main event, 
uh, MJF versus uh, Jericho. And how we got here, well, MJF, who originally wanted to join Jericho Stable back in November, looked to join after unsuccessfully challenging Moxley for the AEW world title at the last uh, pay-per-view. We see the dinner, debonair, state dinner, where they performed Me and My Shadow. And then Jericho announced that the Inner Circle hold a town hall meet side wherever MJF should join the group. And then we saw Eric Bischoff and all this lot. What have you thought of the build-up? Because I know a lot of people loved and or hated me and my shadow and their performance. What were your thoughts? Oh, I hated that Broadway crap that they did. That, that I was I had to I had to walk away from um from the TV that night because I'm like, no, this cannot be happening. And uh, I mean, but the the builder should have been better. Uh, honestly, I think the builder should have been better. I think that Devin Air thing should not have been nowhere. In the programming of this of this showdown, I think they should have done like after he gave him the picture, or whatever, and he did the second meeting, whatever. It should have been like some, I guess, some push around, whatever. But that I, I don't know. I think they could have built it better. I mean, the message did not disappoint, but I think they could have built it way better. Than this. You know, I had to walk away from that that Broadway singing stuff. Like, no, this can. And then the nerve of Jericho said, that's the best thing that we ever seen in wrestling. I'm like, what? I'm like, well, <laughs> it was certainly different. I think that would be the fair, and, fair thing to say. And me and you got this different taste. Because I saw that at first I was waiting, okay, this is going to be like some comedic, you know, stuff, whatever. But then when they started singing, I said, I'm going to go to the, to the bathroom and just wait till this shit is over. Because I was like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> That is what <laughs> I can just for me. I was just like, Look, that's it's something completely different. Uh, I, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, but then we get on to the match and high position on the card. We see MJF sparkly jacket, and of course, Jericho with Judas coming out. Uh, it's got to be one of the, the best entrances that we've got. Uh, and how would two hills? Uh, face off in this matchup where well, we see MJF finally found an opening and worked over the right arm. Attempts to take away the juice's effects while also setting up Jericho for the salt of the earth armbar. Jericho fended off his opponent onslaught, delivered a lion's salt, and followed up with a Frankensteiner from the top rope. Now Jericho is is turned fifty, I think, yesterday. Yeah. To hit a hurricane off the top rope like that was such an impressive. That 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 was, I think, he did that for the haters because I'm sure a lot of a lot of people are like, "Oh, you old, you can't wrestle, you can't do this," and. I mean, for a 50-year-old, he's he's in great shape. I mean, when he did that Frankenstein from the top, I was like, no, I, I know I just didn't see that. So it was a great move. Yeah, I mean, Excalibur was putting over Jericho, changing things up. The idea that MJF has scouted uh, the champion. They, MJF then targeted the arm, this time uh, going for the armbar finisher. His body in a way that prevented the full effect of the move. Then counted it into the walls of Jericho. Uh MGF though delivered a code breaker followed up with a heat seeker for a near fall. He then tried a lion salt, but Jericho delivered a code breaker for a close count. And then we see MGF uh, countering uh, a Judas effect into the arm breaker. Jericho fought off. And then MGF motioned to Wardlow to give him the dynamite diamond ring. Jericho countered with his baseball bat, but his opponent took the page out of the book of Eddie Guerrero, feigning injury and arguably Jericho and referee Aubrey Edwards gave way to MGF scoring a roll up for the win. What were your thoughts? This, this was a great match. I mean, especially the part where he did the Eddie Guerrero part. I, I didn't expect him to do that. I mean, and I, I, it's funny because I, I noticed that Jericho throughout the match, 
was by himself. I didn't even see Jake Hager in this corner. He came by. He got, I think he came out by himself. So the fact that you saw um, uh, MJF and Jericho wrestling each other when no one in the corner until to, to the end when Warlock came out, uh, it was a, it was a good match. I mean, the whole chemistry of the match, the whole uh, psychology of the match was, you know, Jericho. Went for the uh, Judas effect kind of early uh, while um, MJF was in the in the corner hole outside and missed. And now, you know, uh, MJF is going to work on the arm throughout the whole wrestling match. And that's you know that's you don't see that a lot where you um, see wrestlers working on one body part in a match. And I mean the fact that again, Chris Jericho doing Frankenstein is on the top rope at age 50. That was amazing itself. Um, and pretty much MJF became a star. He became yeah. a bigger star because, I mean, and again, I, I usually criticize Jericho where he tried to push everybody and make them stars. But MJF already was a star. He made him a bigger star. And now the fact, I, I, see, I see, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, I, I see, I see after this match, I could see MJF trying to take over the whole inner circle and try to take Jericho out. Because it, that could be that part, or because they, I mean, again they've been teasing also a warlord MJF breakup. You know what I'm saying? I can see warlord and Hager going at it. So there's a lot of stuff that could happen there. But I mean, again, uh, that night MJF became a bigger star. It was a pastel of the torch moment. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Jericho's seen Sank and MJF. Uh, and has obviously given him a, a big victory there and something to build off. Let's not forget, MJF is only, what, 24, 25. The okay. only thing I, I, I would say about him, and again, this is not a knock because obviously I, 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 do, I do not look like a sports entertainer or a wrestler, but if MJF, I'll be looking to get toned, you know, and looking to get in not better shape as such, but to kind of look like, wrong. I mean, like I said, he's, he's fantastic on the mic and, and his style's good. I just think they're saying, um, I don't know, unless he's going for that as a hill of the kind of little bit, but I just think maybe a little bit more toned up um, would, wouldn't go amiss. But, I mean, MJF's got a kind of huge uh, future. Is uh, And, you know, like I said, his heel work has been second to none recently as well. And what I love towards the, at the end of the match, when you weren't sure how Jericho was going to react, then a big smile on his face and the hug them in and say, you know, welcome both of you to the uh, inner circle. I thought it was a really, really good match. What are you going to give that out of five? I'll give that, uh, I'll give it a four. That match, uh, I mean, because of uh, uh, the psychology of it, the, the again, you know, working on one body part. So the whole story was not only he's trying to get in the inner circle, but I'm going to beat you by taking your Judas effect away, working on your arm so you can't beat me. And then the fact that he figured, well, if I can't beat him, I'm going to figure out how to beat him. And he probably knew that Jericho was going to come in and hit him with a cheap shot, whatever. And he played off like he got hit. And Jericho lost focus. And he, again, he's a great heel. He's this guy. He knows his wrestling, man. And uh, I'll, I'll give it a four. I'm going to give it a bit three and three quarters uh, out of five. Uh, a, a great match for me. Uh, but, again, not as good as what I've kind of seen uh, throughout the night, prediction-wise, uh, both for MGF and that one. So it's 6-5 as we go into the main event. MGF got 70% of the vote. Our next AEW pay-per-view is going to be Revolution on February 27th. Um, and, of course, Omega 
will be facing uh, the winner of uh, tonight's show there, I guess, unless they do it beforehand. Um, we then see OC and Best Friends interview getting interrupted by Kip Sabian and uh, Miro. So Rusev leaving WWE and getting that chance. I wasn't that featured on the pay-per-view. They want to kind of keep it a dynamite story. Does that make sense? I mean, the former Rusev, would be he'd be happy at the moment, or is it too early to say? Uh, I, I don't know where they're going with that, because I, I remember uh, today um, I did my podcast on YouTube and I brought up that someone said that not only Lana is buried, but uh, Miro is buried also because he's teaming up with Chase Sabian. But um, I, I think they, 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 they need to keep him away from Kip Sabian. I think he needs to be solo. He needs to be by himself. Um, and, and, and honestly, them doing that part with best friend, whatever, uh, and pretty much they're telling you that that feud is going to continue. That's yeah. the way I saw it. I mean, it's not nothing to jump off because uh, Miro's the main guy in that team. Kip Saban is just a, a mid-card guy. You know what I'm saying? He's great and he's got, listen, he has a lot of great wrestling skills, wrestling ability, but Miro's the man in that team. Yeah, I would agree. And then we get on. It is our main event, and it is Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley. And how did we get it? Well, Moxley retained the world title over Eddie Kingston by making a pass out to the uh, Bulldog chokehold. And uh, then we see Kingston attacking Moxley after the match against Lance Archer, claiming that he never tapped out. And then we get the I quit match. A uh, couple of things. Is Eddie Kingston a legitimate threat? And what are your thoughts on John Moxley's AEW title, Ray? Uh... Okay, so we'll start with AEW. Moxley's title ring. I think his title ring has been decent. I just I just feel that they AEW, what they do is he beats one guy and he goes to the next guy. I think that he hasn't been in a match or or or, or face an opponent in longer terms. Like let's say you beat you had a like for example, Brody Lee was one guy. He beat Brody Lee, he choked him out with the bulldog choke. And Instead of them saying, well, Brody never gave up, now let's have another match, he went to the next guy. So his title ring is pretty decent. Um, I think his title ring is going to end when Omega uh, faces him a revolution or earlier than that. Um, and they're not gonna, then his title ring is not going to end no time soon this year because he was named number one wrestler in the world and pro wrestling, uh, pro wrestling illustrator. Eddie Kingston... He's a decent, I think he's a decent threat to Moxley's title reign because Eddie Kingston's been in the, in the business for 18 years. This guy is not a slouch. Um, he's just been having a bad hand. I mean, he's done a lot of crazy stuff also, but I like the fact that I like the storyline because, yeah, Moxley choked him out. He never said I quit, you know? And then the way that led up to the story where, you know, he's, he's talking about, because these guys know each other for years, uh, he's talking about Eddie's mom, and you know he's bringing all this stuff. So it's a great story, and I got quickly invested in this match because the way the storyline is, and Eddie can nobody better when it comes to promos and stories than Eddie Kingston. So I think he's going to be a threat. He's going to be a threat anywhere. Anybody who got the world title. 
Yeah, we're about to out. So let's get on to the match. We see punches and chops dominate the early action. A tope suicida by Moxley was the first big high spot. The champion then targets his opponent's fingers, looking to take out the spinning back fist out of his arsenal. Moxley delivered a big suplex in the arena floor, driving the air at Kingston. Back in the ring, we see then, and, and this is where the kind of max changed. They're brawling on the outside, and then suddenly, as soon as a bloody Moxley kind of showed up with the barbed wire baseball bat, things you know, turned it up a notch. You see it digging into Kingston's face, torturing the challenger. Um, we see uh, just a lot of punishment taken. You know, Kingston, to his credit, managing to get up and hitting Moxley with a chair. We see the bar on the back, wrapping it around his hand as he's pounding away at Moxley's face and dug it deep into his forehead. We see the swing back fist and he applied a Kimura, couldn't get it done. Um, Kingston then got the thumbtacks pouring them all over and you knew what was going to happen at this point Dude, that, was, that was sick <laughs> yeah. that was sick because i thought i thought i thought eddie kingston was going to go through it but that that belly to belly suplex on those thumbtacks i mean i was like ouch <laughs> well moxley took it all didn't he and then um the challenger grabbed a bottle of the alcohol from ringside mm. he hit the continuous low blows and then um put the rubbing alcohol all over the puncher back and grabbed the bar bar again, applied the bulldog choke, the same choke, choke Moxley had used on him. He unloaded with ugly, the cross-face shots as well. I mean, like I said, you've got bar bar, you've got the alcohol, you've got the thumbtacks, but just uh, every shot was just so put in. I mean, they must have spoken to each other before the main event and just gone, let's just give everything that we've got. And then the closing sequence, see a big pile drive by the champion and the bulldog choke of his own followed. He delivered a power grime shift. He applied the bulldog choke again, this time with a barbed wire and Kingston finally quit. What were your thoughts on the main event? Oh, man. And I love, you know what? I love how the camera focused on the, on the punishment, you know? Especially with the bulldog choke with the barbed wire on it. I'm like, this is sick, you know? But it, this is what I was expecting. Because you got two guys who, in the past, wrestling combat zone wrestling, that where that was the type of wrestling matches they were used to. So now they're bringing it to AEW 15, 20 years later, whatever you want to call it. And I, I love the story. I love the part when he put it through the thumbtacks, um, the bar wire. It was just blood, bar wire back. And, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. I see. But it was the way they said did it was let's beat each other up first. And then we start taking out all the all the crazy stuff, you know. So it it, it delivered. I tell you, it delivered. I like the match. Um, now we don't know where Eddie Kingston goes from here. I mean, I, I know that they've been teasing uh, Lance Archer um, and Eddie Kingston probably going at it, but this match was superb. It delivered, um, and I was not disappointed at all. No, I, I mean this step up and take notice you know especially when it kind of just switch uh halfway through as we see and uh, what's interesting now is that moxley has been champion for 252 days and one year ago like we said mox faced uh omega and now not only he's in his past but he's in his future we see kenny omega coming out with a confrontation but eddie kingston here putting a hell of a performance and and like moxley again i'm uh, i'm one of these people that i'm excited to see moxley but i don't know if we've seen best of him or like you said if it's just a challenger and he's moved on to the next one but it's not maybe been as good as I thought his 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 reign has been but with matches like this I think we'll definitely you know turn it round so to speak 
but see the way I, I'm, I'm looking at what AEW is doing, you don't see the champ every week wrestling. He'll come out, probably do a little promo or whatever, and that's what back in the days I know when I was growing up, you never see the world champion like in uh, uh, in TV right away. You either, he'll come out, do a promo, whatever. So, I mean, I think his title reign is decent. I just don't like the fact that they don't when they, he wrestles somebody who's a threat. He beats him, and that's it. He don't follow up. It's not another match. Um, and like the same thing with, I know when he first got the title, he fought Jake Hager, and I was asking myself, wait a minute, Hager only two and one, so how he's number one contender? Mm. But they put him in there um, against Hager. It was it was a decent match? I mean, because Hager's no slouch. Hager's been world champion WWE. But but that's that's the only thing I have problem with uh, Moxley that he'll be one guy he'll go to the next one this is the first time in his title ring that he actually beats a guy and then wrestles him again on a couple of weeks later in a, in a, in a pay-per-view and you know, it actually worked and was a better match because of it as well in a weird yeah, way you know and, that, that, and that's the thing and that's a, they should have done the same thing when he wrestled Brody Lee when he wrestled Brody Lee I think he was double or nothing if I'm correct um this when he put him through the stage there should have been another match because he choked out Brody Lee. Brody Lee never gave up. So they never bothered to follow that up. Instead, they pushed him to go against Brian Cage the following. Uh, it was the fight for the falling, but he caught the COVID at that time. So, you know, oh, he, he didn't call the COVID. His wife did. But, but they didn't follow up. See, when you do follow-ups like they did now with Eddie Kingston, before Eddie Kingston, the story was that Eddie never quit. You choked him out. Now you put him again in another fight. Another wrestling match, and it was more brutal, but it was good. Yeah. What are you going to give it out of five then? I give that a, uh, I give it a four and three quarters. I'm going to give that a four and a quarter because, like I said, for a main event after, I mean this this pay per view was you know three hours and forty five, maybe three hours and fifty, and for a main event to make me step up and take notice. Um, I, I think that is good for the kind of the runtime, so I'm going to give that, like I said, a four and a quarter. Uh, Prediction-wise, we both went for Mox, so the final scores were seven six to the WNR. Poll-wise, Moxley got sixty five percent. So we look back as a night as a whole. Our match of the night was no doubt Bucks versus FTR. Who was your person of the night? I think Darby was the person of the night. The fact that. He wrestled uh, Cody Rhodes four times already, and he finally captured that belt. That they should have gave him to him, like I said earlier in the podcast. I mean, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be the guy when it comes to the mid card. He's gonna uh, make it uh, fun, and you know, because you you don't know what you're gonna get from when you when you get Darby Allen. What what crazy stuff he's gonna do or whatever. But he's my guy of the night. I'm going to go with John Silver just because he impressed me so much uh, in the Orange Cassidy match, and I was still awake at that point in time as well. Uh, the power moves and how he reacted to it, that match could have been awful if the, if the position of the hill wasn't played right, and I think he, he knocked it out of the park. Uh, and what is your rating out of 10? Uh, what, the whole pay-per-view? A whole paper. I mean, I'll do mine first, and I'll give you a couple of seconds to think about it. For me, it was over. It was great up until 
the Hardy match, but I think the main event really delivered. It was a snug four hours. For me, the pay-per-view was just too long. You could have cut Osin had Hardy on the buy-in, and the three hours is just enough, but it's only three months, so I kind of let it off. Uh, I think for me, I'm going to give it an eight and three quarters out yeah. of ten. Yeah, I think that's the same. That's the way I feel. Eight and three quarters. I mean, the, I think the pay-per-view was good on to that part with the Hardys. I think they, they didn't really need they should have put that in the buy-in, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think it was, I felt like that match was uh, comedic. There was a lot of comedy going on. Um, they should have put it in the buy-in. Like I said, if they did the, the Britt Baker and Swole in a, in a dentist um, all out, and it was funny, then I found it funny. Uh, they could have done the same thing with this, and then, you know what I'm saying, like, have people waiting, preparing themselves. Okay, so we saw this, that's out of the way, now let's watch the paper, you know? So, yeah. That's the way I feel. I mean, overall, I think um, if you look at it, though, as a pay-per-view as a whole, I think they did a, little, a lot of improvement. Um, I mean, I don't think any pay-per-view is going to be. Um, to me, and to be honest, my favorite pay-per-view of all time, since I think 20, since all these things started from 2012 to now, it's been All In. All In is my favorite pay-per-view of all time, as far as from 2010 to now. Um, we're not going to get perfect because it's always going to put comedic stuff in there somewhere down the line, you know. So we got to expect that when it comes to um, AEW because you got the Orange Cassidy, you got the John Silver. So you're going to have some type of comedic stuff. But I think they did way better than All Out. Um, and it's, it's, it's an improvement. Well, it's the thing. You want matches that matter on a pay-per-view as well. When you had one in the uh, FTR versus the Bucks, which is a match of the year candidate, course the opening as well well the opening of the pay-per-view page and omega w- was fantastic and the main event really really delivered we see future stars being built with darby allen as well uh, getting a, a huge victory of course mgf beating jericho uh so it kind of ticked a lot of boxes you know and uh we asked people for the poll as well uh on twitter what they thought uh, okay, good, great, or awesome. Eighteen percent said okay. Fifteen percent said good. Sixteen percent great. Fifty-one percent awesome. Yeah. For comments, Sc- Scott Gavin said other than the first match, the rest of the show was great. Silicon Stevie Valley said it might be the best pay-per-view. Uh, GTW said first half was excellent, but then the rest was a letdown. And Kim Guy said best wrestling show of the year by a large margin. Oh wow. <laughs> I've got well, a lot of AEW think, fanboys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I still think a Revolution this year has been the best pay-per-view they had because that was the last time they had fans. Uh, Revolution was real good. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the post-COVID era, um, I still say Double or Nothing was the best one. I mean, this is probably number two. Um, and, um, the worst one was all out. So, you know. Um, but you know, it, it, you're gonna have fans. They're gonna think that they don't, they're not gonna find nothing wrong, you know. Because remember, there's some fans that like the stuff that we hate, like the well, yeah. we saw with the family and all that stuff. So you know, it is what it is. But that's I, what makes but, wrestling. Uh, sorry, I was about to say that's what makes wrestling great is that you can have a difference of opinion. Yeah. And you know what I mean, and and that's why you like wrestling for different reasons, and I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, and, and you know, let's hope that. Now, uh, the aftermath, which will be tomorrow, um, um, it, the aftermath brings more story because now they're going to have at least about two and a half months to build up story. 
you know, it's a revolution. So, I mean, they'll probably, you're probably going to see probably a, a, a very, like, very light, not nothing exciting for, from here to the ending of the year. Or they could make it so excited that when you go before the year is over, you're like, yo, I cannot wait to revolution, you know? So we'll see. I mean, they got a lot of stories right now coming up, especially with the inner circle situation, the the elite situation, because now, you know, uh, is Hamman who he's going to join? Is he going to be part of Dark Order? Because I don't know if you watch Being the Elite, but, you know, I follow that because sometimes they add stories from there into Dynamite, but you never know. So, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to see what's next for AEW, you know, and um, we'll see. I mean... I enjoy, listen, I enjoy doing this with you guys. So, you know, <laughs> wow. I, I love it, you know, because, um, um, you know, we, 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 we're on the same brain level. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it really, um, are you up, I was going to say, obviously the next AEW one's not till February. Yeah. Are you up to maybe coming back uh, in December and doing like a, a best of AEW, like a year end type of, of oh, thing? Oh, listen, listen, I'm down with that. I mean, because I do, I do, uh, Actually, when I do the end of the year, I do like the, the state of wrestling, which means every every promotion. But if you want me to come in to do a, a AEW a one year uh, the review of this this year, we could do it. I don't care. I'm down. Well, that's brilliant. And I sh- should say as well, this is the WNR three sixteen. It's the three hundred sixteenth episode. It wouldn't be right if we didn't mention Stone Cold Steve Austin on this show. Uh, so. Um, just a favorite Stone Cold uh, match or moment, just just quickly, so we've talked about him on the three sixteen episode. I think I think my favorite three sixteen, especially Stone Cold moment. I, I love Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Uh, I mean, he was one of my favorite wrestlers back in the, the Attitude Era. My favorite uh, Stone Cold moment was when him and Tyson, and then that led off to him fighting Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania fifteen. I could be wrong. I could be fifteen. I think it was fifteen. Um, my favorite was the, that one with Tyson and him. That they, they had that interview and he shoved Tyson and everything went crazy. I mean that that moment. I mean I could see that over and over and over again because that was that's what WWE was great. When you did a storyline like that, you don't see that anymore. You don't see that type of. And I know AEW tried to do a something similar with Jericho and him. That's not gonna work. That's not gonna I don't think so. I mean, uh, but that uh, Stone Cold uh, interview with Tyson, that was classic. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, yeah, January 98. And, of course, the WrestleMania 14 main event, which led on to that, was fantastic. I think I've got a pick for Stone Cold. Uh, WrestleMania 17, uh, Houston Asher Dome. Uh, even when he turned heel and allied himself with Vincent Mann, he still had the, the fans in, you know, like I said, the palm of his hand and uh it's a shame i didn't plan the stone cold special really for this one but at least we've mentioned him now uh and that is it for today's show our next episode will be a wrestling review with nxt uk and we're going to have Aya dragonoff versus volta for the nxt uk championship it's going to be awesome uh that is it don't forget across all social media twitter at the wnr podcast or do you want to plug your twitter yeah uh, you guys can find me on uh called the choke slam wrestling report you guys can find me on Apple, Spotify, Google, um, at any major platforms, uh, audio podcast, you can find me. I also have a YouTube channel that I will be putting a video tonight about uh, the WWE and 
Uh, I just started uh, episodes of WWE Monday Night Review. I will that will be on in a few minutes. Check that out, guys. Check out my links on top. You got all the information in there. So, um, also I'm on Unhinge uh, Sports Network. Dot com that's unhinchedfn.com you guys want to go and check out my chokes and report audio podcast you click onto my logo and you find all the audios of podcasts in the past and you can check it out thank again james thank you for having me here and yeah we will definitely do the AEW year-end stuff no right out mate it should be great and don't forget we're across all the google platforms you can send us an email at podcast at gmail.com on facebook and youtube uh, where you can listen to the podcast same time as you do on soundcloud on your phone also stitcher and itunes where you can download subscribe rate and review there but that is it and like i said i've i've really really enjoyed the show um it, it, it's you know you, you talk about someone like you talk about on the same uh on level or the same kind of it just it's it's clicking at the moment and uh, like i said really really enjoyed today uh it's been great and like i said if you if you want to come back for december then I, i'm up for that as well man you know you, you know where you can find me you find me on twitter you just hit me up and you let me know and i'll stay here an hour and two hours whatever you want me to do i'll be because <laughs> i enjoy i enjoy being in the wnr 300 on me and, and again you know, you made a friend out of me, bro. So you can, you know, our, our 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 brain level when it comes to this, we're on the same pattern, brother. So, well, that's that. well it's across from the pond, across the pond. Exactly. We're city. yeah, with different countries, man. Like, <laughs> do you know what London, I mean? Like, they say from London to New York City. So there you go. <laughs> What's so, y'all all about? You see, you know, that's fine. Like, um, no, it's been a pleasure to have you on, mate. Please check him out. Like I said on YouTube. Check out his Twitter as well uh, and, and everywhere else. And, of course, I have been James Rowland. So I was joined by the ultimate. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Uh, have a good day.